This is Getting to Good Enough, a podcast to help you let go of perfectionism so you can do more of what you love. I'm Shannon Wilkinson, a life coach in Portland, Oregon. I'm a recovering perfectionist who's getting better at good enough. And I'm Janine Adams, a certified professional organizer in St. Louis, Missouri, and I'm lucky enough to be naturally good at good enough. And today we're talking about hobbies. keep feeling like I want to say Happy New Year, even though, you know, we're a few episodes into the new year. And a week into the new year in real life. Yeah. It's almost past time to say Happy New Year. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, it's not like we haven't been talking in between, you know, since the new year. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's understandable if you like see someone you hadn't seen yet in the new year to wish them a Happy New Year. But... Anyway, that's just popped into my head. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) So today, what are we talking about? We're talking about hobbies. I'm excited to talk about hobbies. I love hobbies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What? You came up with this idea, didn't you? I did. I think I was knitting when I came up with the idea, and I was um, trying to decide whether probably something happened in my knitting and knitting you always have to decide if you're going to unknit and redo it or just let it go yeah and and that's a you know a whole good enough decision (laughs) uh, (laughs) very good yeah so I'm pretty sure I let I let good enough be good enough in that case and I thought hey this is a good topic for a getting to good enough episode yeah and I think um when you brought it up at first I thought what what would we have to talk about? And then I shockingly realized that I think pretty much every hobby I've ever had has been marred by perfectionism. Wow, that's quite a statement. Yeah, well, I was trying to think if there's ever been anything that um, that hasn't been impacted by it, and I can't think of it, except for... <laughs> scratching my kitty which I'm doing right now there's no there's no imperfect way to do that no well if if there isn't if it is imperfect she will let me know right away and then I just do it differently all right (laughs) it all works out she would disagree yeah (laughs) (laughs) she's like there is definitely a right way and a wrong way Um, (laughs) so have you had hobbies that you stopped doing because perfectionism got in the way I, yes, I have stopped doing things because uh, of wanting to do it the right way. And I have also not even really started hobbies because I didn't feel like I would be good enough at them or that I could do them the right way. And every time I say right way, there's like giant finger quotes. I hope everyone (laughs) hears those. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, I, I... even, you know, in the last uh, six months, I wanted to start um, doing urban sketching, like mm-hmm. doing quick sketching of things around me and stuff like that. And Is that and a thing? 
is urban a sketching a thing? I figured, I thought maybe you didn't make those two, that, that phrase up, but I have yeah. to, and I haven't heard of it, but it sounds cool. Yeah, so um, I wanted to do it as a, as a fun thing to do while traveling, to just do quick sketches and, and that that would be fun to do and also would be a nice way to you know sort of keep memories and to to be able to sketch things sort of the way you see it which may be a little bit different than how a picture shows up mm-hmm. um but so uh i thought about it i looked into you know if there was some videos to watch or books i got a book and I did it like once and I thought, oh, I'm never going to be able to do this the way I want to and just quit doing it, which is like so sad when I think about it. Yeah. When you, when you lay it out like that, it does sound kind of sad. Huh. <laughs> do you think that now that you've thought about it, you might go back to it and, and with a imperfectionist philosophy? Yeah. Well, and really that's the whole point of it is just to do like this isn't a laborious art project this is a you know a five to 15 minute sketch Mm -hmm. and um yeah so it it makes me want to get back to it well that's good but that's a great example of i mean i have to say that maybe it's what maybe it's a belief i need to let go of but i'm so bad at drawing that that just doesn't sound remotely fun to me. It sounds like <laughs> miserable. But I, I'm sure I've told you that one time many, many years ago, we were playing Pictionary and I was had to draw a sofa and nobody on my team could recognize what it was. <laughs> I didn't remember that it was a sofa, but... <laughs> yeah. So, it's, um, it's, so that's not a hobby I can personally relate to, but I think that sounds really cool. And it reminds me of my favorite book, Time and again, you read that, right? By Jack. Yeah. Remember, it's yeah, illustrated. Yeah. He illus- it's er- it, it, there's illustrated by the time traveler who tr- sketches what he's seen. Do you remember that part of it? Right. Yeah. yeah. And they're like they're like pen and ink line drawings, aren't yeah. they? Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's the kind of thing that I want to do. Yeah. Very cool. And maybe you'll time travel, and then it would be really cool. <laughs> <laughs> And if I'm allowed to, and I may not be because, you know, the rules of time travel differ in different circumstances, I'll tell you about it. Well, I was hoping that you were going to say you'd bring me with you. (laughs) Well, if that's possible, I will. Yeah, if it's possible. And um, I won't sketch, however. (laughs) 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 I think, you know, with hobbies, like it can be even for me who I don't, you know, I'm not a perfectionist but it can be hard to remind yourself at the beginning when you're learning something new if it's that kind of hobby that it's going to be bad and it has right. to be bad and oh, virtually until and, and when you the more you do it the more pleasing it will be um right and i'm going through that right now because i've taken up uh hand lettering and mm-hmm. um so you know i'm trying to i'm 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 actually practicing and stuff, and sometimes it looks really good. Uh, well, pretty good, and uh, sometimes it looks really bad. <laughs> but I'm still trying to enjoy it and not abandon, not feel bad about the bad, the bad exercises and so forth, because uh, I know it will get better, and then I'll be really happy. In fact, I've I keep trying to remember 
what am I trying to say? I, I haven't thrown away everything because um, I think at some point maybe it'll be so great that it will be hilarious to see these early efforts. How's that for optimism? That's awesome. <laughs> makes a lot of sense. I mean, and, you know, that's another thing. Like, a couple of years ago, I wanted to um, learn calligraphy. Mm-hmm. And um, which that. sort of morph, morphed into hand lettering. And I just didn't like how it looked. And of course, you're so right. You have to do more of it to get better. Especially with calligraphy. I mean, your handwriting is so nice. So you, your hand lettering is probably um, naturally more easy and better from the get-go than calligraphy, which is harder. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, you know, did you still keep keep with the calligraphy? No, no of course not. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing I was telling you. Like when I started to think about it, like all of these things that I started and didn't continue or didn't even start. Like you know, the only hobby that I'm s- still doing that I've been doing for a while is genealogy, and that sort of in fits and starts because I get caught up in the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's very interesting. Well, what about mountain climbing? Did you consider that a hobby? Um, I, well, I don't know. I guess it was. I mean, I never really thought about it as a hobby. Mm-hmm. But um, um, but it is definitely um, something that, like, I, I, am not able to do anymore which is frustrating Mm -hmm. to me which Mm -hmm. is you know sort of the same thing as opposed to just doing what i could do i don't want to do anything Mm. because i can't do what i really want to be doing you can't (laughs) climb mount hood so you're not going to i don't know do something walk up mount Tabor. (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay yeah yeah that's interesting well, and, and just for people who don't know, Mount Hood is like a 12,000 foot mountain that's a serious climb. And Mount Tabor is a hill in Portland that, you know, is pretty, it has a road you, to the top. I was going to say you can drive to the top of Mount Tabor. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think it's like, you know, 800 feet at the top. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you could take a walk up to the top of Mount Tabor in the spirit yeah. of mountain climbing if you so desired. You're capable right. of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I started knitting as an adult in 2005. So gosh, that's almost 15 years now. And when I... Uh, okay. and what, what? Yeah? I, I just want to remind you of something. Do you remember why you got started, restarted? Yes, from it? you. Yes. I, I actually had forgotten. <laughs> you, you like went to, you picked, you started to learn to knit or relearn or started knitting again. Yeah. And I thought, gosh, that looks like fun. And yeah. so I jumped in and then you quit. Yes. <laughs> it's a theme. <laughs> This is so sad and embarrassing. <laughs> oh, you shouldn't be embarrassed. <laughs> I, no, no, don't be embarrassed. But that's right. You didn't last very long with it. And did you did you quit because it wasn't perfect? Well, or did I you quit because like it? it's no, I liked it, but I quit because it seemed hard. And oh. again, it's one of those things that like the more you do it and I and I started by taking a class, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. And I knit a project in class, which was a felted hat. And then mm-hmm. um, 
That's a challenging thing, a felted hat. Uh, what challenge? I mean, it's hard to get it the right size, I would think, um, to felt it to the right size. No, you. Ju- I, as I recall, you just find a bowl that's approximately the size oh. of your head. And I guess <laughs> heads are close enough that you, the pattern can yeah. be Yeah, and you know, it's still a little bit stretchy. and. Yeah, okay, sorry. Um, I diverted. That's okay. So I so I made one hat in the class, and then I made another hat based on the pattern after the class. And then I think I knit, like, one other thing that I just tried to do on my own as opposed to following a pattern, and, like, I did not get it right. And then, like, I started looking at patterns, and it had been long enough that they di- they looked, like, Greek to me. Mm. And I didn't want to try to figure, like, it just seemed too hard. And hobbies are supposed to be fun and not hard. Right. So, yeah. Although, you know, it's not hard. I, I don't think. Knitting. Right. Right. It can be very easy. It can be very simple. I mean, like, I think if I tried to knit something without a pattern, though, I'm definitely a pattern follower. I would have, I, I've never even tried to knit something without a pattern, literally. And I do this all the time. <laughs> I knit all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but I know that when I started knitting, thank you, Shannon, for inspiring me to do that. Um, I I think somewhere around here I have my first project, which was a garter stitch, just all knitted um, over the crossbody bag, which oh, actually uh-huh. looked kind of cool, made out of <laughs> cotton yarn. If, if, there yeah. any knitter, if any knitters are listening to this, they're just cringing. And I think because it looked kind of cool. I mean, it wasn't terrible, and then I put something in it. Oh, God. (laughs) It looked terrible. It just stretched, and I mean, it was was a ridiculous project. It was from a a pattern, Um, but uh, sometimes when I'm thinking about knitting, when I'm knitting, I think about process versus, like, the result. Like, do I pick a pattern because I think it's a really cool thing that I want to to have when it's finished, or do I do it because of... um, how much I'm going to enjoy uh, doing it. And sometimes it's, ideally, it's a combination of both. But I definitely fall on the process side. Because if it's, if, you know, I could, a beautiful lace scarf might be lovely, but knitting it's going to kill me, and I, I didn't sign up for that, right? So, right. Yeah. Well, and you, you like to knit in combination with watching TV or doing something else or talking to people or, mm-hmm, right. you know, whatever. So you, you it sounds like it makes more sense for you to knit things that aren't super complicated. It, it, that's true, although, uh, uh, yeah, that's true. I'm skilled enough to do other kinds of complicated things. Right. You know, ca- ca- relatively complicated things, cabling and shaping and stuff, but lace knitting. Ugh. I knit that, I did that. Th- um, Barbara Walker's Learn to Knit Afghan when I started in oh, 2005, right. which I so recommend to anybody who wants to learn to knit because it's, it's a book from the 70s, but you can buy it on eBay and stuff. It's probably in print even. And you mm-hmm. knit. 63 8x8-inch eight squares, each one a different stitch pattern. So by the time you finish, you've, you've basically learned to knit everything. And, wow. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. And the lace stuff I did not enjoy, but they were at least in small doses. And then yeah. you um, seam them all together, and you have an afghan. And I, uh, I started in 2005. I think I finished knitting it in 2006. And then... Uh, and then I tried to, then in 2009 or 8, 
I knit the, the squares together. And then when that was done, I decided to knit a uh, border around the whole damn thing. And that, that's where I stalled out completely because that was way too unpleasant. And yeah. so it literally sat in a bag for, um, I guess, seven years. And then last year, or 2017, I paid someone to sew a border on it <laughs> and a backing oh. on it boom and it's done and it's beautiful and it's warm and i use it so oh, that's awesome uh, yeah i'm not exactly sure what the point of all that is except things can take a long time and in this case i didn't give up well and that that was sort of a concept or a concept a, a combination <laughs> that's the con word i wanted <laughs> um a combination of both process and finished result so Mm -hmm. it was it was a project that the process interests you and was at the level of ease or difficulty that you that you found enjoyable and then also you ended up with something that you really like at the end yeah right exactly even if it took 10 years more than 10 years 12 years (laughs) (laughs) All the time flies, you know. It didn't feel like 12 yeah. years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. But, yeah, um, yeah that that's a good point, though, to um, s- sort of start at, like, to find the, the entry point that is um, as enjoyable and challenging as you want. Because I think that's that's something that trips me up a bit is that, you know, I mostly want to do something because it's challenging. Mm-hmm. Because you know, if it was easy to do, it wouldn't. I don't know. It, it's not as appealing. Um, but uh, if it's too challenging, then it's not so fun. Right, and and I'd say in general, knitting is a great hobby or other you know other handicrafts because typically you it can be as easy or as hard as you want. Uh, right, you know, you can start out just knitting and knitting a scarf of all you do is knit every stitch. Uh, that's easy. I, I mean, it isn't easy actually. It, it's the easiest thing you can do in knitting. It can be hard. I shouldn't say it's it, because until you learn how to do it, the process of learning <laughs> yeah. isn't necessarily fun. Um, I don't know. I I had been taught by uh, by my mother or grandmother so I had muscle muscle memory and then somebody on Facebook mentioned recently somebody I went to college with that I taught her to knit in college which I have no recollection of I mean I I I don't remember knitting in college really because I remember you telling me that like (laughs) you all used to knit in your classes yeah I remember people knitting in class I definitely remember people knitting in class I don't remember being one of them but I guess I was obviously (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh my gosh my memory huh i only have room in my brain for a certain number of things and that fell out yeah Uh, yeah. (laughs) that was not information you needed to retain yeah but luckily for whatever reason it was information i needed to retain (laughs) (laughs) yeah that really helped you out a lot hanging on to that that one that's Mm -hmm. funny so when i started knitting i went crazy at yarn stores right because yeah oh yarn is so nice and and um i built up quite a stash and i would just go to the yarn store and buy yarn not even knowing what i was going to do it with it which i i never would do now um 
And then I had this whole organizing, like a whole organizing situation that had to happen. <laughs> and and I tell you, two years later, I think it was 2007, when I got my ultimately wonderful system of organizing my yarn stash using Elfa drawers. But um, I tell you what, I am still knitting from the stuff I bought back then. I mean, oh my l- gosh! Yeah, luckily it's organized. But yeah, I just finished a project with yarn from that Afghan. <laughs> as a matter of oh fact. My God. <laughs> what kinds yeah. of things are you knitting these days? Well, I'm just about to start a some. Um, they call them pulse warmers, like fingerless mitts, fingerless gloves. Oh yeah. Um, which is from this yarn I bought at the farmer's market in Walla Walla when I was there in September. It's alpaca yarn, and the woman who sold Mm. it to me raised the alpaca, sheared them, and spun the wool, and she wrote the name of the alpacas on the yarn band. Oh, I know, and it is the (laughs) softest thing. And it's, I started working out last night, these mitts, and I uh, had to learn a new technique. So that was kind of nice. Um, I didn't have to, but I decided to, and uh, I thought, wow, all these years into it, and I get to learn new things. So, I mean, there's plenty, there's tons of things I can still learn, but I, uh, it just is a different uh, technique for knitting small things. Mm-hmm. So, um, and you know, I still, I'm gonna make, I still like knitting hats. I promised my niece I'd make her a hat, but luckily it's summer in Australia, so I, know, I have some time. <laughs> you have some time. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, right, and then the famous brain hat. <laughs> right, the famous I brain hat. Forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh gosh, I did too. I forgot that we talked about my knitting already on this podcast. I hope I'm not boring people. Um, <laughs> well, I think we've had at least one listener who said that they were inspired to take up knitting again. Really? Based on oh, listening nice. to the podcast. Yeah. Oh well, that's a thrill. Wow, that's excellent. Uh, yeah. So. Um, so I'm sort of, I'm knitting, but I'm also doing hand lettering in, in right. my spare time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, I, I do have to confess one more thing about the knitting is that when my husband and I were on our honeymoon a year and a half ago, we were in Iceland, we bought yarn in Iceland oh. and um, with the intention of doing a, a couple of different projects, which are, I think will be relatively easy um, knitting projects, but the yarn is still sitting there. Well, yeah, see, you know what? That's that's, that's high pressure yarn, right? Yeah, it's yarn from your honeymoon. <laughs> you don't want to screw it up. I get that. Wow. Well, oh, but it's not like we just bought one. What what are they called? Skein. Skein. Uh huh. Yeah, it's not like yeah. we just bought one, and like if we mess it up, that's a problem. There's there's plenty, so that you know. There's not an oh, issue. <laughs> I see. Well, you know what? Next time I'm there or you come here, um, we if you want, we can knit together and get you started on it. That would be great. Yeah. I'm going to take you up on that. Excellent. Huh. Um, but I did want to make the point that, that, that um, a lot of people, I think, have a tendency, myself included, to start a new hobby by shopping and um, yeah. <laughs> that's not necessarily <laughs> the most beneficial way to go about it because you end up with um, a lot of stuff that you have to organize and um, also you might not love the hobby after you've bought all even if you have all the perfect stuff you may not love the hobby and then you have all this stuff mocking right. you right <laughs> 
<laughs> which is exactly what it does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, you do enjoy it, but you didn't know what you were doing. And so you bought all the wrong stuff. Right. So, Good point. You know, you mm-hmm. end up wasting money and then having stuff that you either need to get rid of or store that Mm -hmm. um isn't useful yep that's a good point yeah Yeah, so try to avoid that that's my big piece of advice (coughs) oh sounds like you have a little cold there shannon oh i'm still getting over my my post uh holiday vacation cold yeah bummer yeah, yeah, it's fine. I just hope I don't sound too nasally. I sound very nasally in my head. Right, it's not too bad. You don't sound quite like yourself, but you're you're, you're easy to understand and everything. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, and you're like it's not too bad. It's like, <laughs> it's pretty awful, but I can still stand to listen to you. Oh yeah, it's not like that. It's not like that. <laughs> <laughs> So you, oh, I was just going to ask beyond urban sketching, if there are any recent hobbies that you had tried. Well, um, that's the most recent one. You know, this sort of seems like a hobby, although it's not really, but I'm I'm, um, learning Portuguese. Oh, that's, I think think we could call that a hobby. That's cool. Because you're yeah. going to Portugal, yes, or Brazil, I'm, um, Portugal. Mm-hmm. So I'm learning European Portuguese, and there is a difference between European Portuguese mm-hmm. or continental Portuguese and Brazilian Portuguese. Um, but you know that I've I do I'm using a couple of apps, and um, I find that really easy to keep up with and maybe maybe this is a secret for me I mean to to sort of think about this like what's making it easy for me to do that um and um it's you know there's an app I track my progress which I always enjoy doing um I and it's it's directed so I don't have to figure it out I just have to open the app and then it tells me what to do Right, sort of like me and my yoga practice from right. last last week's episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. um, well, that's very cool, and I would think you can cut yourself a lot of slack because when you're learning a language, you're not expected to know to be good from the very beginning, and you definitely see improvement. I would imagine. Yeah, and um, you know these apps are really good, and you know there's they're very sort of science of learning based, so. Um, I've I've learned a fair amount, um, given the fact that I spend about five to ten minutes a day doing cool. it. What what app are you using? I'm using Duolingo mm-hmm. and Memrise, which is spelled M E M R I S E. I'm doing Duolingo because uh, I started it before I realized that it's Brazilian Portuguese, so oh. the pronunciation is different and the usage is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I like how the app works, so I'm continuing to use it. I'm just not spending very much time on it. And then Memrise is 
um, European Portuguese, and so I'm using that more. But sort of the, the gamification of Duolingo is a lot more fun than mm-hmm. Memorize, even though Memorize does have gamified elements. Hmm. Um, that makes me want to learn a language. I think it's yeah. got to be so good for your brain. Well, that's right? the other reason. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm always looking for ways to improve my brain, and um, learning a language is really good for it. And plus, I thought it would be useful for a future trip to Portugal. Well, yeah, um, it's a nice, useful hobby. Yeah. Um, but, I, I, you know, as I'm just sort of thinking it through, the um, uh, the things that make this easy for me to do is that I'm doing small chunks, it's guided, and um, I'm there's a fun way of tracking progress. Mm-hmm. And I feel compelled to do it every day to, to keep my streaks going. And um, I realized that, you know, if I could build that into my, the other things that I want to do to, you know, make it small manageable chunks um, and, you know, find some way that it's sort of guided so I don't have to think about it. Mm -hmm. And then that will help me do it. Um, I was so bummed over vacation. I missed a day. Mm -hmm. And I, so I ended my 28 day streak on Duolingo. (laughs) You know, when your, when your routines get shaken up, that just, yeah. 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 But you can start right back up again, right? Yep. You did start right back up I started right the next day and um, I think I'm now at a, I can't remember, a 12 or 14 day streak. I think 12 day streak. Um, So, but, but just sort of identifying those things that make it easy for me to do. And it sounds like fun. Yeah. To do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that, that could help me do, um, do the other thing that I want to do. You know, so like if I think about the sketching thing, I'm looking at this stack of books at my desk and one of the books is you can draw in 30 days. Mm-hmm. So um, that seems like a pretty straightforward way to do a little bit every day and just mm-hmm. be told what to do. And it will still be challenging, mm-hmm. um, you know, because I'll be learning something new, but you know, I'll be guided, and I don't have to think about it too much. Right. Yay. Yeah. And it's reminding me of my 30 day challenges I do on my genealogy blog. I I don't even think about genealogy as a hobby anymore. But, um, but uh, it's because I guess because I make money with it now. But uh, so it isn't maybe technically. Anyway, I do these 30 by 30 challenges where I challenge uh, the readers to do 30 days of genealogy, every 30 minutes of genealogy every day for 30 days. And I get great response. I've got all sorts of people signed on and, and just doing a little bit every day. You make this huge progress. It, um, I don't offer the telling people what to do th- part of it, but um, that's an well, idea. that would be difficult to do it with that. Although you know, you could do, you could like come up with a like a theme for the thirty days, and maybe right. give a little bit of guidance if you wanted to get into that. Right. But but people just say what they're planning to work on, and and then it's just yeah. the idea that you're making a commitment and starting a chain. Uh, 
to do it every day for 30 days. And 30 days is such a nice time, I think. Mm-hmm. Because it's, I know. it feels doable. I just had a Janine moment because I thought, ooh, I should do that. But, you know, it's not the first anymore. Ah, you can jump right in. <laughs> That's right. It, don't be like me, Shannon. Start it right now. Are you talking about the, thir- the my 30 by 30 challenge? Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. People are signing up still right now. So feel yeah. free. Mm-hmm. Well, because I, I shared with you, I have a, a, a new thing that I want to that I want to research um, mm-hmm. because I'm going to do an in-person visit to ancestral homeland of Spartanburg, South Carolina. Uh-huh. Um, and so uh, there's a lot I want to research before I get there so I know what to do once I'm there. And when um, are you going? So that, when? I'm going in the middle of February. Oh, soon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You should sign on for the 30 by 30. Do it every day. Do a little bit every day. We can talk more about it, but that's so exciting. But the more you do between now and then, the better off you'll be when you get there. Yeah, I think so. That's exciting. All right. I'm signing up for it. All right. Make a comment on my blog, please. Okay. You don't have to. I will do that. Okay. No, of course I will do that. Okay. Um, Well, and I think that's part of it is the... the, um, is stating my intention, mm-hmm. telling people that I'm going to do it, which helps me stick with it mm-hmm. and will help me stick through the part, the hard part. Mm-hmm. And this is why I started these challenges totally for myself when, the, when I started them <laughs> like four years ago. It was like because I was having trouble getting myself to do research frequently. And uh, I like public accountability. <laughs> so um, mm-hmm. it's worked out really well. And I've done it every day since, in fact, it's since January 1st. On January 1st, it wasn't, I didn't, all day I meant to do research. And then it was like 8 o'clock, I was set, closing up shop in my office. And and I thought, oh, I guess I won't do any. And then I'm like, wait a minute. I told oh. everybody I'd start a 30 by 30 challenge today. <laughs> so I not only had to write the blog post, I had to research. And I did. <laughs> Woohoo. Yeah, and now Way I to pull it out day. in the end. That's right. I didn't or have at the look. beginning. <laughs> <laughs> right. End of the day, beginning of the challenge. Yeah, so I've done yeah. it every day since. And it, I'm really enjoying it. It's just nice to make it a priority. Yeah. Well, and that brings up another point that if people are getting sort of stymied about starting or keeping up with a project or with a hobby is to um, designate what counts as doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is something we've talked about quite a bit in, in other scenarios and goal setting and, and stuff, but to know like what counts um, and to do it frequently enough, and I think every day is is really useful when you're when you're starting out because it's it makes it um, easier to learn the new thing. Like mm-hmm. you get in the habit of it, and it's fresh in your mind. And and I think that's why the little and often is working for me with Portuguese, mm-hmm. um, but. Uh, so knowing that, like, whether it's 30 minutes, like your 30 by 30 genealogy challenge, or it's the five minutes of Duolingo, deciding what counts for you as um, engaging in your hobby, 
because I think the goal is to like do it enough that it just that it's enjoyable and you aren't thinking about how well you're doing it right especially when you're first starting out and you if you're mm-hmm. a perfectionist and it's not looking at anywhere near perfect yeah frequent practice I would think would be a big would help you get past that hump and yeah and I like that idea that you know like maybe with knitting it's one row of whatever it is you're working on or it's it's I don't know it could and as far as I'm concerned um anything goes right especially with hobbies it's it's yeah. whatever you want it to be because it's supposed to be fun. But yeah, I think right. <laughs> yeah, uh, but to know, give you over get you over the hump of the I don't know how to do this. This is too hard. Right. To um, this is a fun challenge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Um, and it's, as we've talked about, it's good for so many things in any kind yeah. of project or habit creation. Right. Yeah. Well, and that just makes me think too that that not every hobby has to be challenging right (laughs) (laughs) you know I was just thinking about coloring and I think you're doing more lettering than you are doing coloring now but Mm -hmm. I used to do the coloring for a while Mm -hmm. that was great and you know that's the sort of thing that isn't very taxing and is very Mm -hmm. relaxing and so you know that might be a hobby for some people to get started and it and you know maybe it'll be the uh the gateway drug to other hobbies that right. are more challenging like yeah, that's you know hand lettering or drawing or something yeah yeah that's interesting i hadn't thought about that like when i was doing coloring which i really enjoyed and i bought way too much many supplies but um i was it was during a really stressful period of time in my life mm-hmm. where you know family health issues and so forth and i really liked the relaxation of it and now that the health issues have been resolved in general in my family um and i don't feel as stressed at all i'm ready for something that's a little more challenging yeah i hadn't thought about that yeah though well, i hadn't thought about it in quite that way either but it's it's good to remember that you know you can have different hobbies for different purposes right mm-hmm. you know all of which are can be you know a form of self-care for you mm-hmm. which is i think where this came out of wasn't it about talking about self-care maybe <laughs> I, I don't remember <laughs> Clearly, our <laughs> memories are not <laughs> what they once were. <laughs> no, no, they aren't. But we're managing. Uh, yes. But yeah, it could well have come out of a conversation about self care. Absolutely. I mean, to me, that's big. That self, really big self care is for me personally is being have, taking the time to participate in the hobbies that I enjoy. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's right. It's coming back to me now. One of the things, <laughs> the self-care things for me was knitting with my friends. Yeah. Yeah, which I haven't managed to do yet, but well. it's not true. I was knitting last night while I was watching the uh, Golden Globes with my friend. Uh, but knitting oh, was secondary. We'll yeah. Um, but still, you were doing it. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. Well... So I guess the the my my takeaway from this, both for myself and and hopefully this will help other people dealing with perfectionism, is to um, set out to to do what you want to do poorly and let the um, um, emphasis be on 
doing it, like let that be the thing that you get right, doing it or not doing it is sort of the right or wrong in it. And rather than um, being focused on the outcome on how you do it. Yep, that's a good, that's a good takeaway. And uh, in remembering that if it's something you're just learning, it's you're going to get better at it, but you're not going to, you're going to get better at it only if you actually are willing to not be good at it for a while. Right. (laughs) It's such a key point. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that is what we have to say about hobbies for now. I'm sure we will continue to talk about our hobbies as time goes on and you know maybe give some updates on how things are going over time Um, but we'd love to hear from you what what um, hobbies do you enjoy where do you get stuck with them and how have you figured out how to make it about fun and not struggle. You can leave us a voicemail at 413-424-GTGE. That's 4843. You can uh, comment on the show notes for this episode at gettingtogoodenough.com where you will also find links to us on social media at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, But for now, I'm Shannon Wilkinson in Portland, Oregon. And I'm Janine Adams in St. Louis, Missouri. And we hope that good enough is getting easier for you. Now I'm kind of excited to do all the stuff. Go for it. (laughs) It's going to be excellent eventually. (laughs) (laughs) Ha 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 